Hello everyone, my name is Dominic. I'm also a wellness management major here in Oswego. And I'm here with Matt. How's it going, Dominic? Thanks for having me. So today we're going to talk about games and how they could be beneficial for kids. But a lot of people have negative information about games. Why do you think, Matt? Um, I think people when they, people think about games, um, they think about just kids, you know, staying inside or people just, you know, being cooped up in a room all day, just on top of a, of a screen up close and, you know, not involving any sort of physical activity. I think that's why um, when individuals in today's world think of games, it's immediately a sort of negative impacted aspect. So, and I'm going to talk about how that is actually not true because now games are connected to the internet and you have the ability to connect with more people in the internet so you have you learn how to talk to other people no matter how what their age is and that's usually what we see and that could be something we see in the game fortnite do you have any comments about it well um fortnite i mean let's be honest it's taken over the gaming realm of uh you know today's today's day and age um and i agree you know it's cross-platforming uh being able to play with people from all over the world and um streaming online it it definitely is um taking today's world by storm yeah and that's actually a really good thing that you get to socialize with everyone around you and that could be useful for your real life and then also one thing people think it's really good for it's like for your emotions because you learn how to lose and that could be good to control your emotions when you're actually in real life as well as motivation because you get motivated to every time you win and it's actually not addictive if you play up to three hours a day but kids used to usually abuse that and they play for more than three hours do you know you have any comments about this too um personally um three hours sounds crazy to me i'm not a huge uh video gamer um but more than three hours i think that is a little excessive um on the mind and the body i'm gonna say um at that point i think um it'd almost be better for your mental health to maybe get out and do physical activity and um socialize with you know real um humans rather than playing you know talking to them through a microphone but um i mean an hour or two i think that may, might sound a little better but i guess their studies do show three hours um does have some benefits for mental health and you know i'm, I'm okay with that yeah i would agree with you and i would reduce that to one hour because actually games could actually help you with your cognitive benefits and thinking because you learn a lot from them and i think this will be more into the virtual reality that we have now because we actually get to move our bodies around and a lot of even medical medical personnel has been using this for rehabilitation and other type of health benefits that it has to it because you get to actually move your body and it could help with treatment for patients that had injuries before will you use any of this if you got an injury because i know you play sports here in school um if yeah being a student athlete if i get hurt um i'm I'm willing to do the best possible option and the fastest possible option and um you know unfortunately it's not always the most fun option but um 
I'm willing to do whatever it takes to, you know, get back from my injury. And um, if we can incorporate um, things like you just said, I mean, that sounds um, something I'd definitely be willing to try coming from a student athlete's perspective. Yeah, and I would think this will be helpful too for people that are overweight because that would actually motivate them to actually move around and do something, not just for them to get better, but be healthier in general. And yeah, that's it. Do you have anything else to say? Um, that's all I got. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You're welcome. What's up, guys? I'm Matt. Um, well, I'm major here at Oswego State University. I'm here with Drew Stevens today. What's up, Drew? What's up, man? How you doing? Not bad. Uh, so today I wanted to talk about this new uh, Under Armour, uh, what they revealed here. They revealed, they revealed the Record Health and Fitness Network. Uh, they ended up buying um, my health or my uh, fitness app. And uh, there's some really cool features that they're releasing. Um, involving uh just tracking your weight tracking your calories um sleep uh bmi and you know i just wanted to know like how do you personally feel about this in relation to everything else that's out there is there anything that's popping out to you well my fitness pal was it wasn't a novel idea there were a lot of apps that did the same thing but it had a massive user base which is why Under Armour went for that one and they paid whatever it was they paid for so many users and now they're developing uh essentially a standard fitness app that you know the weight tracking the calorie tracking there are a lot of apps out there that can do that but this is like a social network almost which i think is awesome as a personal trainer it would help me you know keep up with how my client my former clients and current clients are progressing uh you know let them see what i'm up to i just think it's a really really good idea and no real harm can come from it i agree with that and also um one thing that really popped out to me was that um a feature that under armor added was a personal challenge that you can add up to 19 friends to keep track compete against each other customize specific goals and i think this is going to be a major factor for them that's going to help this blow up what do you think about that yeah man those those inner or interpersonal competitions are awesome i don't know if you're familiar with the the podcast the joe rogan experience Mm -hmm. they they, uh they started doing this sober october thing with a fitness challenge every year and this year they used fitness trackers to keep a leaderboard I don't think they use the Under Armour one, but they were complaining about the functionality of the one they use. So, you know, maybe they'll switch to the Under Armour one. But these are just a great way to keep people motivated. And, you know, Joe Rogan himself, he's a really fit guy, but all his friends are not as into exercise as him. But the margin by which he won was really close because the the leaderboard motivated his friends who aren't normally physically active to stay super physically active. And they all lost a ton of weight, got in shape. And it was all just because they were competing with each other. So I think this is an awesome idea. Definitely. That sounds awesome. Um, Going off of that, um, a couple other things that I really thought made this 
um, pop out to me was under the special features. Um, there's options to get nutrition, prevent injuries. Um, and I think that there, these are certain things that not all of these apps and, you know, methods provide. It's all about working out and tracking your food, just tracking what you're doing. Um, but some people aren't doing it the right way. And coming from, you know, a student athlete who, you know, works out on a regular basis, you know, sometimes they just tell you to do something rather than doing it the right way. And I know you are a physical trainer here. Could you uh, contest for that? Yeah, man. So a lot of people, they'll get the advice, just start eating healthy. And they don't know what that means. Everyone has their different idea of what healthy means. And, you know, there is... There isn't really a one-size-fits-all diet plan, but a lot of people's ideas are just wrong. They'll cut out, you know, carbs completely when they shouldn't. And that, I mean, that has its applications, but it's not a one-size-fits-all solution. So offering nutritional advice through the app itself, I think, is awesome. Because as long as it's, you know, quick little pieces of digestible information, it'll really help people. And injury prevention is another big thing for me because a lot of people, when they start exercising, they just go balls to the wall all the time and end up hurt and lose all their progress because they can't keep exercising. So I think that, you know, that special feature, if it's if it's something you have to pay for, I think that's definitely worth it. I agree with that 100%, Drew. And uh, thank you for meeting with me today and talking about the new Under Armour Revealed Fitness Network. And uh, again, thank you for joining me, Drew. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, okay. So it's recording. All right. So we'll just edit this part out. Like this part out, I guess. You should, like, put all the volume down his phone and everything. Oh, yeah, I'm going to turn my volume all the way down on my so phone so it doesn't, like, echo. Okay. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. What's up, guys? I'm Drew, to, here to talk about a new weight loss device that the FDA recently approved. And joining me today is my classmate, Noah Grenier. Noah, how you doing? Good, what's going on guys? Excited to see you. So Noah, do you know what this device actually is? Um, I've heard a little bit about it. And all I know really that is it's cleared by the FDA, but uh, now could you fill me in on a little bit more? So it's essentially an electronic version of bariatric surgery. They implement it under the skin near the rib cage and it suppresses hunger signals sent from the brain to the stomach via the uh, vagus nerve. So what this does is it just reduces the hunger a person experiences and in turn that will decrease the amount of total calories that they decrease. Uh, whereas bariatric surgery, they remove a portion of the stomach so that the person experiences hunger less frequently. So, what's your opinion on this? Do you think it's, you know, moral or uh, immoral? Um, I, I think it's moral because it's up to the person who's in the, the circumstance. If they feel like uh, this is the only option they have left, they feel like um, treatment options, uh, medicines, counseling, diets, like that's not going to work for them. 
and they don't want to have that on um, that surgery and they feel like implanting a device um, to alter uh, the signal sent to their stomach so if they're hungry determining if they're hungry or not I feel like that's uh, it's definitely a very good decision for them if they feel like they want to do it I completely agree and it in a uh, in the trials that the FDA reviewed the the device itself was very successful uh, the FDA found that nearly 40% of subjects lost a quarter of their excess weight and uh, 52% of the subjects lost at least 20% of their excess weight and the only difference was the device limiting hunger signals um, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was the difference in weight loss between this and the those who did not so the people who used this device were also undergoing regular treatment for obesity they exercised changed their diets and they actually experienced an eight and a half percent difference in weight loss than those who were using just the other interventions so my question to you is do you think that this device should be uh, easily accessible so that it could boost people's effect or do you think that people should stick to should at least try the normal methods of weight loss before they start adding this device um personally i think uh i think it shouldn't be open to everyone i feel like other people should try other interventions or techniques that will help them um, maintain that or obtain that uh, healthy weight that they were looking for or that healthy lifestyle they were looking for because uh, just becoming too reliant on a certain device is never a good thing so it's better for them to learn um, what they actually have to do I would think instead of just um, being like oh I'm overweight I'm just gonna get this device implanted and uh, hopefully that will do the, enough to maintain my healthy weight that's a good point man but bariatric surgery occurs a lot of the time because people know that they need to lose weight for medical reasons but they'll think of the diet and the exercises too hard so they'll just opt into bariatric surgery immediately which is what I see happening with this device too um, I don't think that's necessarily an issue though because it's not as invasive as a procedure as bariatric surgery um, and then it also has the backing of a lot of health professionals a lot of them have spoken out saying that it's an important tool for surgeons and a very good option for patients so it's really been approved by pretty much everyone that needs to be involved so uh, I think that's about it for this man uh, thanks for joining me and See you next time. Can you hear me? Copy over. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Hey, I'm Noel Grenier, a wellness management major here, and I'm here today to discuss with you guys um, on my take on probiotics. Uh, so first of all, I have Matt de Blasio here with me, also a wellness management major. Um, what's your take on probiotics, Matt? Uh, I mean, probiotics just for people who don't exactly you know, know everything about them, just a quick basis, just microorganisms intended to provide some health benefits um, when people consume them, depending on how they consume them. Um, 
gener- generally, you know, improving, you know, the overall wellness of a human being. So that's just my quick take on it. Okay, cool, cool. So have you uh, done any research or heard about anything involving uh, probiotics? Uh, other than just defining it, I don't know too much about them. Okay, cool. Well, <clears throat> to give you guys a little bit more information on it, uh, Matt was, was right on they are little uh, microorganisms made up of bacteria. Um, so they, what they are, as you were right, they are meant to help uh, the health of the human. Directly are supposed to impact the immune health, um, preventing any further disease or infection. Um, <clears throat> but in these cases, they were looking at if uh, probiotics were actually um, working for most individuals. And they found that um, the only reason why um, that there's different responses for probiotics for different people is because it depends on your bacteria makeup within your gut. So some probiotics are not always working for everyone. So that's why they're saying um, <clears throat> there's a possibility actually that they might come out with uh, new pri- probiotics that are characterized to the specific gut bacteria made up of each person. So do you think that's a, a plausible action that could be taken by people i think that's a great action that could be taken um especially just in today's day and age with all the technology and research being done i think it's honestly about time that uh that action has been taken place has is there any information regarding you know when this could possibly be implemented um not yet but they've been doing some research in israel as of recently um and scientists actually have been doing research a little bit differently. Um, so previously in the U.S. and other areas, they've done research on the effect of probiotics through looking at stool samples. Um, the difference with what Israel's doing for their research is it's more the way they're doing it, so it's more effective and they can actually get um, more accurate results is they're looking at the bacteria taken from um, large, small intestines um, and the gut. So they're actually looking at the actual sources of where bacteria are. So um, <clears throat> that being said, they've been finding that uh, that not all of the bacteria um, that is going into the gut from the probiotic is actually being used. So basically they're saying that for some of the probiotics that aren't matching up with the user's uh, bacteria um, gut makeup, um, that it's actually just going into their stool. So it's basically just them paying for um, more expensive stools. <laughs> so there, in some, some cases, these probiotics have not been help, helpful, but they actually have been trying to implement and find new ways to make these more effective for every person. Very interesting. Yeah, so... Um, so what they ended up doing in this research was they took different regions of people's gut like I was saying from the different um, intestines and when they looked at this uh, they were able to see that uh, um, most of the probiotics vary from person to person like we've been talking about the whole time Um, so what they were going to do is end up having special labs that were going to be made in Israel where they are going to start implementing these probiotics so they can try to characterize um, what bacteria match up with what bacteria is and um, go from there on. <clears throat> What's your there, take on this? Are there any studies being done um, w- heavily involved in probiotics outside of Israel that you know? 
Um, not that I read of so far, but in this article, it was strictly just talking about research done in Israel. But um, that's a good point. I'm actually gonna start looking for other uh, other countries and other areas around the world that have been doing this to see their take to see if they're showing similar results. Awesome. <clears throat> All right, it was uh, it was good having you. Um, Thanks for having me, though. Yeah, no problem. Glad we could talk about this. Hopefully, we can do it again. No doubt.